for instance, you can get the iPhone 11 that is missing very few, if not any key any features. Any key features yeah. from the 11 Pro. So you still, and not only that, you get that phone in more colors. All right, everyone, we're going to start out with the newest iPad. And if y'all listen to our previous episode, y'all are going to get a very, very brief overview. But now we're going to go more in depth and let our tech nerdiness side of us come out. So, Shamar, go ahead and get us into this iPad talk. Who better than you? What's going on, everybody? Thanks, Peter. Um, so, yeah, the new iPad came out. Um, as we spoke on a little bit, the 9.7 inch is their main um, sweet spot or their cash cow, if you will. And so they updated that nicely from 9.7 to 10.2 inches. So they're giving us a bigger screen, um, which comes with a smart connector for keyboards. So now we don't have to get like a Bluetooth third party nice. keyboard, if you will. You can get one directly from Apple. Um, aside from that, you just get the redesigned um, OS. Um, so it's going to be a lot newer, going to run a lot smoother. Um, nothing crazy, but it, nonetheless, a nice update. And it starts at three twenty nine. And if you work in the education field, two ninety nine. Oh, and nice. I yeah, I don't remember the last time Apple's given any kind of a discount <laughs> or a break. So yeah. Wow, that's I, I had no clue that teachers even get a discount. So right? if there's any teachers listening, go get that discount. Uh, Shamar, my bad for not letting the listeners get more uh, background information, but. Like, what are you up to nowadays, and how do we become friends, give people a little background, and just fill them in before we get too deep into the products? I got you. No worries. Um, yeah, no, I'm just a glorified nerd, if you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I went to Garland High School. Um, I know Peter through mutual friends. He went to Naaman. Um, we just grew closer over the years, found a lot of the same interests, and he's grown to be like a brother to me, so um, props to Peter. And then other than that, I went to Texas State, graduated in exercise sports science, um, and then I'm just a nerd on the side. So <laughs> I follow <laughs> well, a lot of tech stuff. Yeah, and it, it's cool. This is just a side note for the listeners is that uh, Shamar, being uh, well, uh, well-versed well in fitness and nutrition, it helps in this technology. And you'll see once we start talking about the Apple Watch and some of these products, he has a very unique view on all this, and it definitely gives a fresh perspective to like what is the Apple Watch or what is this piece of technology because sometimes a health related technology can be you know groundbreaking exactly so. and before we dive too deep into it I know we're going to look like Apple fanboys because partly we are yeah <laughs> but just to let you know this is unbiased I used to be exclusively Windows Android before <laughs> all of this <laughs> so just to let you know I've seen both sides of the grass yeah we're, neither one of us is talking from a completely bias. Of course, we're going to be a little biased, but as technologists, we try to see the points of issue and then see what product fits it best. And time after time, I know me personally, I always come back to Apple. And if it's the ecosystem or the design or whatever, but I like Apple. Yeah, <laughs> but it works. <laughs> with, with, all, with all that being said, we're going to try to be as unbiased as possible as we go through these. And all right, Shamar, I think we should hop back into the iPad what are some other specs on this and some highlights from the show? 
Um, so the biggest highlight that I've noticed, um, they gave it Apple Pencil support. Um, I guess that used to not be a thing with the older one. I'm not sure. You'd have to fact check me on that. Um, but other than that and the new pricing, it's just really strategic because now it technically is the smallest iPad in their lineup. So now you don't have to worry about getting something super mini if that was an issue for you in the past. You can get something a little more, quote unquote, adult, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have I have a pretty old version of the iPad. For actually, I think it's fourth gen. So I need to get an upgrade, and I think this might be the year I do it. Probably wait till you know the holidays and whatnot. But what's going to incentivize someone to go out there and spend that extra money to get this iPad? What's that like? breakneck features or anything that truly sticks out it's like this is the reason i go spend my money on this for my kid or for myself um mainly the big benefactor i see from that is it's definitely the most portable ipad and the, the cheapest it's the entry-level ipad and it starts at 329 i mean other than a nice tablet that's kind of the best you're going to get for that packaging because if you go to any other brand to start in that range, you probably won't get the same features, if that makes sense. Yeah. Again, I'm not sure you'd have to fact check me, but at the same time, I would be more prone to go get something small and portable with the same power of a computer in an all-in-one package for one price. Yeah, that, that sparks a tangent in my mind is, you know, Apple is doing their, their new work with their uh, new computers and we're not making them port more portable, but... Apple's in a weird position where they have this great iPad with some great Bluetooth keyboards and all this now. Is it going to cannibalize their hardware computer business? And, like, I guess what do you see in, like, 10 years or, you know, let's put our technologist hat on. Like, what do we see in the deep future of how stuff's going to go? Is it going to play out people have their laptop, have a PC, have an iPad, or, or all of them? It's definitely getting hard to defer the line or decipher the line, excuse me, between all three, because as you said, it's getting to the point to where each one is one and the same. For instance, the new update for iOS 13 or quote unquote iPad OS for the new iPad is a blend between iOS and Mac OS, which is what runs on the MacBooks. So with that being said, or to give you an example, I got my iPad back in April of this year. I have not touched my MacBook other than, I want to say, twice. Damn, that's crazy because I use mine. That's like the main product I'm on, maybe even more than my phone, to be honest, nowadays. That, yeah, that's what I was saying because I initially was trying to use the iPad as an experiment just to see if I could use it day to day mm -hmm. and like get by. And when I found out I could do everything that I could do on my MacBook, aside from drive support which it just got an ipad os you can now use the thumb drive you just need um an adapter right. so again apple being difficult and when you gotta jump through some hoops to make it work but the fact that they've given you that on a device that keep in mind my ipad is 2015 right and i got this update so now i can now use drive support i have a whole file system and it connects with my mac nice. so unless i truly need to plug something in there which is eight times out of ten not the case right. I can get by day to day and you gotta think my MacBook doesn't have a pencil that comes with it and the argument you always hear from the the people the Windows people is oh I, I don't have a touch screen on my computer and that's it seems to me that people want even though I'm not a huge proponent of the computers having a touch screen because I rather all the power go towards computing right rather than you know the display but maybe the touch uh, touch screens the way it's going and maybe that puts iPad 
even more on a pedestal over like the MacBook line or anything else. Oh, most definitely. Because you got to think for something to be that portable, having a keyboard attachment gives you the option, I guess, if you will, to choose whether or not how bulky you want the device. Because you got to think it has a touchscreen keyboard or you can attach a keyboard. Right. It's up to you. And on top of that, using it day to day it's lighter. Right. So at easy that to point, carry. it's easy to carry. Like, what, what are you trying to do day to day? Well, let me let me interject in there is, do you think the iPad could be a full function device for a student? Say someone that's at UT, like I was previously, could they get through their college education by just using this iPad? I'm going to give you a cop out and say yes and no. Now, I'm going to tell you yes, based off of what you're doing. If you're the average student, mm-hmm. And I don't mean average as if you're not doing anything, but average as in you're doing a regular major, like whether it be finance, right? whether it be... In the Where med- the technologies used aren't like on the forefront always. Exactly. Um, the medical field, like something that you just need to, you know, do papers, be on the web, submit, you know, um, submit assignments, forms, yeah. assignments, forms, what have you. Yes, most definitely. Um, if not more than that. Now, if you're a computer science or, major... Or yeah, a programmer. And you're a programmer... And, What's crazy is I would almost reach and tell you, depending on what programming, you may be able to do it. Because I have some coding apps on my iPad right now that yeah. get me just fine. It's it's definitely it's definitely not easy, but I think I, I think of innovative solutions where it's like I could maybe in the future whatever exactly. I'm I'm coding on my computer could just show up on my iPad, so I have like another screen almost right there, and it's just coding on both screens. Exactly. You know, that'd be dope. If you absolutely had to, depending on the program, yes. Would it be ideal? Probably no. Not. Yeah. No. But maybe in the future. That's this crazy. Is... In the future, it, it's not far. We could easily have that to where a, you would almost have a laptop as a luxury, if that yeah. makes sense, or like a side item. Yeah. That, so, that makes your sense. laptop would almost turn into your desktop. Yeah. That makes sense because how many people, well, now you see PCs having like a comeback, but there was a little while where the whole world was all about laptops. And very uh, few people were like getting new desktops for the home. Exactly. But I, I like that they're having a comeback because that's where the computing computing power is. And that's where the competition is. Right, big time. And and like you said, it it's a weird shift because, again, I wouldn't say Apple innovated in this area, but you'll notice the iPad came out. I'm not sure if the Surface came out at the same time or right after, mm-hmm. but that's what I I guess I noticed more and more companies coming out. Yeah, like a almost iPad-like device. You know, with like a tablet-style, right. but full-functioning computer, not just like a, a side item, if you will. Yeah, because, maybe maybe we're just reaching some, not reaching technical limits, but it's just going to take time for the computing to get better and better and the processors uh, within the computer or iPad, because it could be in the future where this iPad can do two or three times what a MacBook can do maybe in five years because the chips have gotten so good. Exactly. So there's a lot of still unknowns in there, mm-hmm. but it should be interesting to kind of see what happens. And it's going to, from a finance or a business side, it's interesting because they're going to have to cannibalize one of their businesses. Exactly. To push forward and be on the forefront and compete with Google or uh, Microsoft or any other company making uh tablets or computers oh they're adding the pressure a lot and i guess that's one thing that i like that apple does very very well is device support so if you're worried about this potential new ipad that you get not lasting you if you're good with your belongings it will last you plenty of time 
because like I stated before, my iPad is from 2015. And it's still working perfect. And it's not only they're working perfect, I just got the update for iPad OS. So I'm still supported. And you, like we said, that's four years ago, going right. on five in December, yeah, or and January. And, you know, we've maybe this is a good transition into our next product with the phone, but you've heard and our listeners, I'm sure, have heard that I, our Apple will slow down your battery on your phone after two or three years to try to entice you to get a new phone, quote-unquote, right? Right. All alleged and whatnot. But with the iPad and some of their other products, the MacBook included, they're pretty durable. Very and, durable. And it's the phone almost seems the least durable, maybe because it's the most used or whatever. I don't know the reason, but I've never been unhappy with my MacBook or my iPad and never really felt that need to replace it. Exactly. So it's I haven't an, either. It's an interesting dynamic, though. But if you, buy, if you do buy an I- iPad, I guess you could be rest assured that in four years, regardless where you are in life, that thing's still going to be working just fine for you. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of that, I feel, has to go towards to how each product is built. Because mm-hmm. like you said, our MacBook is built to be a MacBook. Right. And if you look at the iPad, the iPad is built to be a computer, but it runs the iOS of a phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. The workload is not nearly as, ta- as taxing as it is to run Mac OS. Right. So it's, you know what I mean? You, you throw, like, a crazy engine inside, like, a huge car. It's, like, you got all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, it's hard to explain, but it's, like, if it's not working that hard, right. it's being crazy efficient. Of course, you're going to have battery for days. The only thing I can think of off the top, yeah. um, we're going to dive deeper into it. But f- first off, that, those are the major things that are different. Yeah, and everybody, I think Apple also smartly set it up for the, you know, the the thing that sticks out, obviously, is the camera, the Try circle or the three circles, and I'm sure if you're on Twitter or Instagram, you saw all the memes that ensued after Apple released it. And it's actually, I think, been a way better response than I know I initially thought people were going to have towards the iPhone. So, why do you think people are getting or having more positive reactions towards this, even though it's just like a an upgrade phone, not so much a, a game changer? I, I'd agree. I feel like it was recepted very well based off of what I could intend it to yeah. or i guess foresaw it to um i think it's mainly a, so i don't know if you followed the leaks um but if you if you did pay attention the renders were kind of off-putting um so they kind of they were basically the same design mm-hmm. but slightly different they did a really nice job on the camera rings making it look as um, sleek as possible sleek and as expensive as possible <laughs> um the reason why i guess it was recepted so well i would almost say is because they kind of made it, they kind of blended, I guess, the gap between cheaper and more expensive. Or but still I guess, looking good for that price. But still looking good for that price. Like, they they, they blended the budget line, right. if you will. Um, for instance, you can get the iPhone 11 that is missing very few, if not... Any key features. Any key features yeah. from the 11 Pro. So you still, and not only that, you get that phone in more colors. Right. So yeah. So it's like if you're if you want to you know make a statement with your phone for a reasonable price and still go, have the best go like, for the go for the the iPhone eleven iPhone eleven is just straight up iPhone eleven not just Pro, straight right? up, yeah right. straight up iPhone so eleven. I, let's go to the you know the next one in the process would be the iPhone eleven Pro right right. It's I believe it's seven ninety nine. So that bad boy starts at nine ninety nine. Oh, okay. So it's a big jump. Yeah, so huge what, jump. What are you getting for that extra three hundred bucks? So 
it's that's what's crazy. It's hard to justify <laughs> because the so like you said, the iPhone 11 Pro starts at 9.99, and then the 11 Pro Max starts at 10.99. Oh, damn! Right, I know that crazy, right? Yeah. The fact that that's almost casual to say, like that's just how much you pay for an iPhone. Yeah, like, it, it's almost nat- after the the previous one with the iPhone X. It's natural to expect an a thousand dollar phone, and it, and uh, I forget exactly which company. I think it's Sony that created the foldable phone that's been getting a lot of hype. That one's like twenty four hundred bucks easily, and it's like that, like that, just mind boggling. The fact that you're that the thought to even acknowledge or entertain the idea of spending that kind of money, yeah, on a device that you're at most gonna do five things on, yeah, in a day much less out of time it's crazy but again like you said but at least i have that that affordable option with the 699 for the iphone 11 so it's they can get the full or try to approach the full gambit of you know budgets when people are trying to get more people coming into the ecosystem exactly and so like just to give you a quick rundown so the way apple is trying to justify that 300 dollars jump just about is basically through the materials of the phone just uh, higher quality materials? Higher quality materials. You get the third camera, which is the telephoto camera, which is a lot of people don't know this, but if you have a 7 plus, 8 plus, and X, XS and XS Max, you mm-hmm. have the telephoto camera. Oh, oh, yeah. Nice. So, yeah, you have like all, everyone who has those or who possess those models have the second camera. They don't really, a lot of people don't know it, but it's, what allows you to zoom in crazy far? Right. So, those phone, those models you just listed out have pretty high qualities st- or a high quality camera to start out with. Exactly. Um, because that's when portrait mode was a thing. Portrait mode mm. came out on the seven plus. That's right. When a huge beta, you know, oh my god, and it was awesome. It used that second camera. A lot of people didn't know portrait mode was using the second camera and not the first camera. That makes sense. You know, um, and so, uh, the what they're trying to justify that jump as is giving you the the option is still zoom in crazy far if you choose to. And does that you, one have the that one does have the wide lens, right? Yes, yeah, because they, they both have the wide lens right. and they both have the ultra wide lens. Right. But the exception is on the pro, you get the telephoto lens, which is what allows you to zoom in farther than normal. Because a lot of zoom you can do with software, mm-hmm. but it's best to do it with hardware to right. preserve the that, quality. Yeah, exactly. Because as soon as you get to the software, there's Found, get, yeah, you have to have compression, have a whole different slew of it effects. It gets blurred. Yeah. And then, if, like you said, if what you're using isn't the best, then it's kind of almost a waste of time. Right. Um, and then, so with all of those options, it's supposed to be stainless, surgical-grade stainless steel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, honestly, that's really it as far as justifying. Oh, the battery life's supposed to be better. Not significantly, but noticeably Mm -hmm. from the 11 to the XR and then the 11 Pro Mm -hmm. to the XS and then the 11 Pro Max to the XS Max. It's supposed to be a significant jump Hmm. um, up to four hours more on the 11 Pro and up to five hours more on the 11 Pro Max. Yeah. Um, And then up to one hour more on the 11 from the XR, which was already the longest lasting iPhone ever made. Yeah. And it's... It's weird that you mentioned that because this morning I was noticing on my phone I have that the iPhone X mm-hmm. is that my battery seems to be uh, depleting a lot quicker than it used to. But I partly think think this is because of the new iOS 13 still figuring out kinks and making it making sure it works like the, as most efficiently as possible. But I'm gonna keep my eye on it 
because this is about the time that Apple starts trying to push you to get that new phone, you know, so make I'm gonna that keep, leap. Yeah, I'm gonna stay oddly observant and <laughs> keep an eye out and just make sure because I'm always down to invest in a phone because a phone is the vehicle of your life 21st century creation. Now, right. if, whether you're an artist, a developer, uh, a mom, a dad, a child, right, you need a good phone and if a reliable you're, phone. Yeah, a reliable phone and not to say that, you know, everyone needs to go spend money on iPhone because there's like affordable options and there's those, plenty of other options that, yeah, that are, are just, just as good expensive exactly. and just as right. good that aren't iPhones that, are, that do the same thing just as well. Right. And I just think like on from my perspective, one of the things you know, I don't like spending money uh, like so like ho-hum, but an iPhone is one of those things that I don't mind investing my money into because the return off of my usage on the iPhone is going to be huge because it opens up the Internet for me allows me, you know, the tech tech person to me to see all the latest technologies, the app store, all their latest qualifications and that whole slew of techn- technological factors. But no, you're absolutely right. And it's funny you mentioned the battery issue because <laughs> I just upgraded to the 11 Pro Max Space Gray 256. Game. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, um it's been a great experience so far. Like I said, we'll get more into that later on like my impressions and yeah. what I've noticed cuz I came from an iPhone X. Um, because of that battery, that same yeah. battery issue, it was just too much to get it replaced throughout. Yeah, and if you're using it every day, it's like you, you need that full battery length for a day. It's it's hard, and I know it's so easy to plug, you know, plug it into the computer or whatnot. And but you that's know, the whole point of it, it being portable. Is right. For me to not take around exactly. the plug. Exactly. So I at least want to know I can make it through a, a regular day, yeah. not even a crazy day. Right. I understand a crazy day. And then when when you day. have those crazy days, it's like it's okay to want or need to go charge your phone, but. It, I think I'm willing to pay that extra hundred bucks or two hundred bucks to not, have to, worry about to not have to worry about that because if you think you know you just think it out like I'm sure over the course of a year of my lifetime with that phone I'll make up the money by like whether it's in the business like talking to clients saving time not having to charge my phone or it dying on me and not being able to look up an important piece of information like there's all these residual effects that happen when you don't have your phone exactly if you're running a business or really if you're going to school or doing anything right where you have to get stuff done right and a lot of these things seem small but you add up one two three five seven nine twelve of these incidents of the day that's right. just a lot of wasted time that right. you could have been doing a lot of extra things yeah um but here we are complaining about how much we didn't get done <laughs> right exactly um and then it's funny too because they also do hold value and the example of when I upgraded, I used the trade-in program through yeah. AT&T, and they bought my phone back for $345. So there is, like, let's walk through that a little bit. I think that's a perfect vector for a lot of the listeners is what are some ways that you can make this iPhone more affordable if okay. you're going to get the new one? Because these trade-in programs and uh, there's also things if you're switching carriers from T-Mobile to right. like Sprint or something like that. So there's a lot of options, especially if you switch from carrier to carrier. Those you will have to go find yourself because they change like the days. Right. But <laughs> I know as far as trading processes, most, if not all companies, offer that mm-hmm. when you're going from a rec- like when you're going from a phone, usually within the same brand. So right. I'm pretty sure like. If you're going from a new galaxy to the newer galaxy, right? The hub, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You know what have you? Um, and so, for instance, I went in and fast forward to the upgrade process. I obviously, so first off, upgrading a phone isn't crazy expensive. How people think it is, like yes, it's expensive, but you only have to pay taxes on the phone that day, right? So taxes on my phone was one hundred six. And again, I'm not saying that like that's anything to scoff at, but at the same time, I'm not paying that 
1099 that right. people saw like i didn't go in there and drop a rack right. and then leave it was it was a very uh, affordable way to approach exactly. getting a new phone that you know is going to be needed especially for what you do in your everyday life with exactly. technology exactly especially one that's going to last me right. because from there you pay taxes on the phone and then they break up the payments and how you choose mm-hmm. usually between 15 18 20 and 24 yeah and in some cases 30 and 36 so you almost have options depending on who your carry is on how you want to pay it off and so like right now my payments are 41 dollars a month like yeah that's, that's extra, a, and that's affordable right you, there you know that's an extra 41 dollars in my bill yeah but i'd rather pay that in the course of 18 to 20 months right you know again all, at all i didn't have to do that all at once um and then I used the 345 trade-in from my iPhone X, 256, to pay for a bill and half of my next month bill. Yeah, so, so it, it like, all works out. Yeah, it all works out. Like at, like, at the end of the day, it was get a new phone now or get a new phone then. Either way, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, like, so, they cost money. Yeah, they're going to, yeah. And, and again, it's an investment. That's the way I always look at it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get something unreliable. Right. I want to stay on this idea, though, of the pricing and affordability to bring this full scope and stay with the theme of oddly observant is I want to lay the stage for people. Right. Currently in the iPhone prices you just listed 699.99 and 10.99. What happens if China and the US if you've been watching the news there's a tit for tat quote unquote trade war. I would really call it a trade skirmish going on and it hasn't really affected Apple yet, but you know, as I've been watching these developments from out of China and the US the rhetoric's picking up and, you know, Trump and Xi Jinping from China are, you know, neither one of them is going to back down. So I think people need to stay on the lookout because in the future, maybe the next year or two, we may be, see more hard place tariffs from China or the U.S. that makes Apple products specifically more expensive because currently Apple's so big as a company and, you know, everybody wants their product that, they're pretty pretty widely distributed. They have factories in China that pump out uh, tons of iPhone and tons of chips for uh, a better resale value in the U.S. You know, Trump wants to take a lot of the American workforce out of China and to the U.S., which, we you know, we're not going to go into the politics, but that's a, a reality that could happen in the next few years. So I'm just let, letting everyone know that the iPhone prices, even though they seem big now, if something like that were to happen on the geopolitical sphere, it could actually even hike up the price of your iPhone even more. So just keep that in mind when thinking about this as like a long-term investment. Like if you're going to keep your phone for three years, maybe it is better to get that phone now than in two or three years because if this tariff trade war thing picks up, what's the best company for China to target? You bring up a very, 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 very good point, Peter. Um, it's funny because I was going to mention some sort of phrasing for that. Mm-hmm. Like, not like a get them while they're hot kind yeah. of thing, but you're most definitely right. So on some level, obviously, as every big purchase, you kind of have buyer's remorse. Right. So when I got this iPhone, I was kind of thinking like, dang. Like, I just spent that money. <laughs> oh, well, not only that, I was like, should I have waited? Because I was already doing research on the 2020, which right. we'll get to later. In the leaks. In the leaks. So, like, you know, I was already, like, telling myself, yeah, I'm going to wait for that one. Here I am upgrading. I clearly did not care <laughs> um and so knowing what i know you're you're 100 right if the new tariff were to go through 
for instance, right now, the 11 Pro is already significantly more in Canada than it is here. Right, and so we, we have a little bit of that privilege because Apple is a U.S. company that we get it for slightly lower than a lot of the outside right. world, which we don't always realize because we're Americans. You know? Right, and it's crazy that we have to call the price that we get it at as a privilege. Right. <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> which is wild. Cause true. Like, you're right, it's a privilege. And so with that being said, that could, act, that could absolutely happen to where iPhones start to skyrocket higher than they already are. Right, and if you want to, you know, stay having that high-quality phone, well, the margin difference in price increases year by year. It may take a big jump because we haven't really seen any issues, huge issues on the geopolitical scale between two powerhouses like the U.S. and China in the past, you know, 20 years since, I guess you could argue, maybe post-Vietnam War, Korea War, but really since then it's been a lot of peace and prosperity. So... I don't want people to forget that like something like that can happen in the real world and can cause residual effects to consumers like you and me, the ones that are paying because they have to pay. They're going to make that product. People got to pay for it and they're going to charge. Who else are they going to? They're not going to out of the wilderness of their heart charge you less. No, they're just because they want to. Right. right. They're going to pass that down to the consumer. And then we're going to have to foot that bill. Right. Exactly. And then it's, and then it, it really gets into that question. It's like, damn, should I have bought the phone two years ago? So I'm, I don't mean to fear monger or anything like that, but it's something if you're we're looking to buy a new iPhone, just no. another tad bit of information to keep in your equation, whether this is like affordable and reasonable for you. Right. No, and you're, and you're absolutely right, because um, it goes to mention, I'm pretty sure this is the first year that the iPhone has gotten cheaper right quote unquote right because the xr started at 749 right this year the iphone 11 starts at 699 so yeah 50 bucks oh it's yeah. not that much money but hey hey 50 times 20 million easy, is what know, some a money. lot of money <laughs> right so like you know the fact that they were able to go down this time you know it was it's almost like oh blessings it <laughs> makes me it makes me yeah i i noticed that too and everybody noticed that that and it, I think everybody considered it a good thing, but it, my analytical mind starts going and thinking, dang, are they doing this because the next one's going to be a big price jump and they're giving people that chance, especially the more affordable range compared to the X is like, yo, like just, this is your chance. Hop, like get it now. Like it's almost like the subconscious way of them saying this next iPhone is going to be a, probably a big jump up and maybe not a big jump up in price, but that bottom model will probably be more expensive right i think they're giving people a chance subconsciously that's even if we have a bottom model at that point because that's true because the 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 line of luxury is getting blended so closely to where at this point it's just going to be how luxury do you want it right there's not going to be a budget in right or like a as needed you know it's going to be like a all-inclusive right just what level package do you want (laughs) (laughs) well let's uh Another thing that was on my mind was that that I really liked from the Apple keynote was the arcade, partly because of the presentation and the beauty of the games that they were showing at the keynote. But what were some of the other uh, highlights from the Apple the Apple arcade and what's to come from that sector of, the, of Apple? Okay, so the main thing that I noticed from the arcade, which is cool because Apple does this all the time, um, it's almost like they were getting their products ready it's like their products were already ready hardware wise for the arcade Mm -hmm. they were kind of just building it and finalizing it together because it 
almost like a nostalgia of older school right, games right. with like a modern twist on it. Right. Um. So like, for but some, I think they know that's that's a good target market. For no, that, it is because at, at that point everyone owns their product. Right. So that's why I felt like they were like, we'll wait until enough Apple products get out there and then release the arcade because it starts at four ninety nine a month. Yeah. Um, very then, affordable. You know, affordable five dollars yeah. a month for everything that this uh this subscription could offer you right um especially if you have like a little one or like just if you like gaming like that mobily yeah you, you know five dollars a month and all inclusive everything that sounds like a good deal to me yeah i mean i don't know how much i would use it yet i'm pretty hardcore on uh xbox slash ps4 slash pc right same and I, that would be like my preference before i go to something like apple arcade but i'm also always open and if i see a really dope game from the arcade I w- would not mind dishing out the five bucks. No, to, easily to try it out because the the fact a the one the fact that they offer that is awesome because you know I'm not too familiar with any other services other than like EA Sports or like you know something yeah. that's already attached right. to a console. Right. No mobile system offers right. that. And then on top of that, with iPad OS, you can connect a console controller to oh, your so iPad. You can basically play. So for you real. yeah. So you can I can connect my Xbox One S controller to it, no problem. Same way with your PS4 controller. So you can use those controls in the game. So you know, you're kinda getting a lot for five dollars, yeah. assuming you have the hardware already. Right, right, right. Just you know, whatever you play and whatever well, that allows access to is beyond me. Yeah, well I guess the next thing if I'm thinking of the arcade a great place to play this arcade would be what on the Apple T V. So yeah. what when is the Apple TV coming out? Because this has been a product that I've used in, in their previous couple iterations, and I've seen the progress of it. But I've always been it, and I've used a lot of this. I've used Chrome. I've used Roku. I've used Apple TV, TiVo back in the day. And my favorite uh, streaming TV is Roku. And maybe that's personal bias, but I think it's the most user-friendly and honestly the easiest for anybody to pick up from age 20 to 50. And it gives you everything that Apple TV would give you. So what are some things that came from the Apple TV from the keynote that are going to be able to compete with a company like Roku? Um, mainly the subscription, like their little Apple TV plus right. that they're trying to release, which is really quality shows, right? Yeah. And I'm not like right now they're set to release November 1st, um, for the same four ninety nine a month. Um, I saw something again. You have to go fact check me, but it's supposed to give you like Hulu and Showtime. And yes, Hulu? I did. I think so. I think I saw okay, that as well. Okay, so that's crazy. Now I'm pretty sure it's base level Hulu and base. Right, well, right. Showtime's right. only one subscription. Right, so like right. the fact that you're getting a full subscription like, and yo, then a base level. It. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. For five bucks, it's great. Plus, like Apple TV exclusive. Um, I do. I, I think that's a great offer that they're coming up with because, like you said, probably as far as user friendly goes, I would put Roku on the top of that list. Yeah, it's so easy. It's very easy to use, um, especially if you're used to Chroming or yeah. even if you don't have an iPhone, if you have an Android, because then it's even easier. Right. Um, but going back to the Apple TV, that yeah. would be kind of like their incentive on why you would get an apple tv because also it almost only well, makes sense to get apple tv if you have other apple belongings that's what i was about my macbook for example at university and at home like or at work and literally everywhere that there's a two more than one screen i use my macbook to you know flash it up on the apple tv and it makes it super easy if i'm working collaboratively with people or really just trying to watch you know, a good football game and put Whatever. it up on the yeah. screen you know, that Apple to Apple connection is huge, or it's again like the Chrome to Chrome connection using Chrome and using the Chromecast. It's having that full linkage that makes it basically the most efficient product, which is why I'm interested to see what Apple does here in the next, well, with this Apple TV and in the future, because 
they have this huge user base already using their devices. And it's kind of as a consumer, you know, take the technologist side out of me for a little bit. But as a consumer, I've been underwhelmed Very. with the Apple TV because I'm like, y'all have so much like power in this case right here that y'all could be deploying. No, there's tons of potential. But they, but they haven't. And maybe because it's a business choice and they're doing it slow and methodical. But to me, it's like you're missing this home run. Yeah. No, no. Like you said, they have something. It's, it's like it's like having a fast car that only goes 20. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, like you said, yeah. It, I, other than the streaming services already on it, which again, I think that's why they're releasing Apple TV Plus because right. if there's nothing on Netflix and there's nothing on Hulu or HBO, like you know what I mean. If I've watched that, I deemed everything important for me to watch. Right, I'm not on it. Yeah. You know what I mean. True. Like unless I'm mirroring something, in which case, if I'm not doing a presentation, I'm not on it. So it's like it does streaming very well, which I understand, or I guess. It makes sense to me why Apple would start a streaming service for their Apple TV. Let us give us Apple TV Plus. Right. Like, you know, like let's expand on that, which yeah. I think is very smart on their part, especially if they are going to include Hulu and Showtime. You're getting like three packages for five bucks. I want to peel back a layer and give people this, like I did previously, give people some background information around this. Is Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney, he worked on Apple's board of directors. And if you uh, know how company governance works, the board of directors is a board that looks over the company and the CEO to make sure they're all in check. Well, Bob Iger had been with Apple forever because he's a great content creator and was a great voice of reason for Apple to like have a mentor and whatnot. But now that Apple's releasing this streaming service, uh, Apple TV Plus, Bob Iger stepped down from the board of directors because it's directly competing with Disney. So n- knowing that one of the top CEOs in the world, Bob Iger, knew it was time to separate from Apple, even in a, mentors- a mentorship stance. I think Disney really sees Apple as a competitor. So I'm really excited about the next like year or two, because if you know CEOs are making that move, they they have more information than we do. Right. So maybe Apple does have some, something big in the works that they're about to make a huge jump on the next Apple TV or the whole ecosystem experience. I'm, I, I most definitely think they do, because um, like you said, within saying that, Apple TV plus isn't exclusive to the apple tv right right so like you said that already extends to the whole ecosystem you can watch it on your phone you can watch it on your ipad on your macbook wherever you're you know have an internet connection so the fact that they're trying to extend your apple tv from not just your living room but on all your devices tells me they already have something in the works as far as spreading more efficiently through the ecosystem yeah and you know before we get uh like too too much into the Apple TV, like we are Apple fanboys in a way. But I would say for both of us, this is one of those products where we kind of draw that hard line between fandom and practicality because we both have used Chromecast and Roku. And honestly, if if you're looking for the affordable option, I'm not necessarily sure Apple TV is the way to go. Right. Because you get a Chromecast for like twenty bucks and Easily. just stick it in your uh, your TV and be good. Easily. But if you're in, in the ecosystem, and we keep hitting on this idea of the ecosystem, but that's a, such a huge value add in Apple is once you're in the ecosystem, everything becomes more friendly. Oh, most definitely, it becomes easier. Right. Um. Because, like you said, I. I had the first generation Apple TV, um, which was like seventy bucks. Right. Um, again, not saying that like that's anything to scoff at, but we talked about paying for quality. Right. And so with that seventy bucks, I got a box that could stream anything that I wanted to, as well as mirror my iPhone and my MacBook. Right. So you know what I mean? That seventy bucks went a long way. Right. Um, and then I ended up getting the second generation as a gift. Um, 
which I think just allowed for 4K viewing, mm-hmm. um, which that's neither here nor there. I don't really care yeah, it that just, much. Because uh, it has to be streamed. Just the next iteration. Just basically. the next iteration. So um, other than that, it it does what it needs to do very, very well. And like you said, if you're buying into the ecosystem, it's, I wouldn't say essential, but definitely nice to have. Yeah, and, we, and we've been very positive about Apple, but let's try to put our unbiased hat on for a second again. What was the biggest letdown and if you listen to the previous episode you heard a you know a very quick intro how we thought about the apple watch but as a whole what did you think was the most disappointing disappointing moment for apple in this past keynote um okay i there there was a couple um first off yeah the series five just wasn't like anything for me to get excited about like it didn't do anything that the four or the three didn't do already if not well um and then they added a new casing titanium um again i don't really buy that much titanium so <laughs> you know if, if that's your thing sure you know go for it um but other than that there was the things they had claimed to add um uh, well the things that they did add were they always on display um but with the efficiency to still give you the same battery life as the four so not to say that that's a bad thing but i guess you didn't really upgrade me like as far as like power or efficiency goes you you just added an extra workload and told me i broke even (laughs) (laughs) damn like you know what i mean and then on top of that um like i say titanium's cool but again that's not something i'm sprinting out to go buy and willing you're not willing to shake out a lot of money for some titanium oh not at all not to mention if you go if if, like weight saving is your thing the aluminum is the lightest one anyway right and that's the cheapest one right so like you know i guess what are we trying to do here right um yeah but was there was there anything else that stuck out where you maybe maybe in a different let me phrase this in a different way was there anything else that you had your hopes up for that you were let down like where you're like, oh, this is going to be dope based on all the research I've done. And you got really let down at the show or was it pretty as you expect it? Um, it, I guess it depends on what product I was looking at because I didn't know there was going to be a new iPad. I had heard talk about it, but you couldn't confirm it. Yeah. Like the, the if there was a new one, I thought it was going to be like based off of the latest ones we have now. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was going to be a reiteration of an older version. Right. Because essentially that's what it is. Yeah, it looks like time. every other older iPad right. out there. Same. Still uses Touch ID. Um, doesn't look different. It's just a different size. Right. Um, so I didn't know they were going to do that, which is smart because, you know, they're people are always, you know, complaining about them not being affordable. So I see why they went that route. Um with with the Apple Watch, I was very, I guess, disappointed because I thought they were going to add sleep tracking. Because right now, I use my Apple Watch for a ton. Oh, let's, let's <laughs> I have to stop you for a second because that's been the biggest thing I rave about for the Apple Watch. Honestly, I could do without all the, the gadgets and whatnot. But one thing I find fa- fascinating, maybe because I'm super interested in stocks and charts and data coming in and out, but... Every night I track my sleep on here and I know my heart rate. So if I'm stressed and I like don't get a good night's sleep, I can actually see it on my Apple Apple Watch and use that data to make my life better. And I'm sure you, I mean, doing what you do, you know that there's a lot of health benefits that do come out of having an Apple Watch or, you know, possible benefits if you're willing to like do the work. 
M- most definitely. Because um, on some level, I could say I'm a numbers person yeah. as far as, because I like data too. I right. at least like to know what's happening. Right. You like to be oddly observant, very aware. You know, yeah. at least that way I can justify what is happening, what isn't happening. Right. You know what I mean? And make a conscious decision. And make make a rational, you know, not, like non uh, in the moment decision, like a very informed decision. Exactly. And so with that, you got to go out and find that information. The thing is, it's, if you really break it down, the Apple Watch is cool just because you have something tech-related that can measure to, for what have you, minute health vitals, if right. that makes sense, yeah. um, on your wrist versus you walking around with the heart monitor versus you walking around with the EKG versus you walking yeah, around all that material. with like trying to calculate your workouts. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you have all that in a computer that's doing that on your wrist around. And the if you car. have a you know iPhone or you need an iPhone for it, but it having an iPhone in that whole again the ecosystem makes it so nice because I have certain apps on my phone like Auto Sleep that give me like eight or nine different ways to all the, from the data of the night's sleep before and my heart rate through the day. And not only does it give me that data, it does it in a very visually appealing way. It's actually one of my, you know, how people have their, their like zombie kind of go through on their phone in the morning. Well, for me, one thing I've incorporated is like when I wake up in the first hour of my day is checking how I slept on my phone. Right. And then it's like, oh, well, you you know what? Like, I don't remember having a dream. And then I look at my phone and there, I didn't have any REM sleep. It's like, oh, well. That makes sense. I didn't get a very good night's sleep, exactly. so I didn't get the deep sleep. And you can sleep. see where you went to sleep at, or like maybe if how I much did, you were moving around. Exactly, or like maybe if you went to bedtime later or earlier, like you can make adjustments as you see fit without you having to go see a sleep doctor. Right. And so, like that's my main thing. I use my Apple Watch. I track my workouts. I track my heart. Like you said, I also have auto sleep. Um, and I bought their whole package, so I have auto wake. Yeah, that's the so, best one. You were the one that told me about it, actually, and got me started on it way back when. So it's awesome, right? Like yeah, you can it's, see, it's it been breaks, the best thing from it, Apple Watch. It breaks down everything into like an understandable view too, and then so the thing is, auto sleep tracks you automatically while you sleep. Auto wake is an alarm that will track my heart while I'm asleep. So it knows the best time to wake you up. Exactly. So like it's pinpointing like how I'm moving, when I should get up, etc. Um, and it like I like it just for that. Now here's the thing. As, I felt like as Apple's been progressing, they've added more um, native, if you will, right. functions to the right. watch. So I like how you can do like, um, I don't know if it's an EKG or ECG. They phrased it some way, but you right. can do that on the Series 4 and up, um, holding it on the side thing like for different like uh, sinus arrhythmia and things like that. Um, and then they have like the heart rate monitor, which they've always had. They have um, fall detection yeah, now. Th- that's the one I was about to key in on. If you didn't, was the fall protection. There was actually a story last week where this old man i think he was in illinois i could be wrong on that fact check me on that but he was walking and he had his phone in his pocket and his watch on his wrist and you know he's strolling for his you know typical mile walk that he does or weekly you know or daily Mm -hmm. so his apple watch obviously is tracking the location and knows that that's a typical route that he does right well he's on his his route his typical route and it usually takes him 45 minutes to finish but apple notices like hey this guy's been his Apple Watch notices, like, hey, he's been in the same spot for 30 minutes, and there was a big upward motion right. 20, 28 minutes ago. Well, maybe he fell. So instantly, his Apple Watch, through his phone, that you know, they're connected, right. called 911, and they came here, or came there, and actually saved this dude's life. He could have bled out right there because he fell and hurt his head. Right. And I know that's uh, maybe being on the bright side of Apple Watch and whatnot, but that's a real life example and a life saved from a very just 
easy and great technology to use. Right. No, most definitely. Um, it, I wouldn't call it vital, but I would definitely say it's an advantage to your everyday health and life. Um, you having that just like extra security because whether or not whether or not you use it in that particular way, it can still provide you with that um, extra backup, yeah. if you will. Because, for instance, not only do they have it, like you said, where it'll communicate to 911, it can alert your spouse or right. whoever you're, you have you're, an emergency you're, contact. Uh, your favorites. Right. And then on top of that, um, if I believe it works anywhere if you possess the cellular model. Mm-hmm. So you can that will happen without the phone. And then I know for the Series 5, they added emergency calling for every international country. Nice. Because usually it was just specific to the country you bought the watch in. Right, but really a lot of emergencies happen when you're traveling or exactly. when you're in when somewhere you're you don't know. in the country. Right. So, like, for instance, someone here in Asia and vice versa would have trouble. Right, because the they, don't, they don't understand the lay of the land and exactly. they could get lost. And if they're not used to the surroundings, it's so easy for someone to very quickly end up in a situation they didn't plan. Right, get turned around, get caught up, what have you, and then it's not a fun situation for right. anybody. Um, so it's awesome they've added that extra sense of security, especially when traveling, um, to be able to have access to um, paramedics or like emergency EMT right. um, without the worry of you maybe not getting help. So let's flip the script a little bit because we've just talked about a lot of the positives from Apple Watch, and not to spend a crazy amount of time on it, but this is another thing to stick to the theme of unveiling like this facade is there's a nefarious side to all this great data that you know me and Shamar have been talking about with the Apple Watch as a technologist I understand that guess what any data set is hackable so it does scare me and I do know the risk of like when I'm wearing this that yeah if I ever become anybody of you know if you want to say quote unquote significance maybe data gets hacked my health data gets hacked but I'm okay because right now it's it's the health benefits are so big right now and the security benefits or downsides are smaller right now. And I would say not that I trust Apple on a security side because really the only way you know you're secure is if you're doing it yourself. And even then, if someone's smart enough, they can hack you. Exactly. But how do you feel about some of the negative side effects of this data collection on the health side? Some of the most sensitive data to your personal body. I. I mean, at the end of the day, it's one of those things I view as like a necessary evil. Right. Um, like you said, I definitely don't like the fact that it's in the cloud and that right. like I'm always being measured. Apple that... Apple knows my like he they Apple knows how I'm sleeping. They know they exactly. know they know if I'm going to be in a bad mood. They know what ads to put in my front of my face. You no, know? exactly. Like they they know like my routines, my tendencies, like what I'm like. I know based off my workouts, they know how much I'm working out, how often I work out, how long I work out, how many calories I'm burning while I'm working out. Like it's crazy. So it's scary. It's scary. Like I you know someone's watching me from Apple twenty four seven. But at the same time, what are they doing with this? And it. That's kind of what I care about. And if they're just trying to make their product better at helping me, then, again, necessary evil. Yeah. Like, it, it, the, the thing is, too, with I, it's always about intent, right? Like, I, I can't be mad at you for right. doing research on me to make something for me. Right. But you know what I mean? But You're trying to cater it for me. A reality of the world is that there is always bad actors. It's just a, if built into our human nature. So, for example, I was just reading a, a book by a former CIA agent, uh, Tony Mendez, who is a disguise officer, and he was explaining foreign intelligence companies will try to spy on the U.S. and place people in Apple or in Google and these top companies and get information like this and use this information nefariously. So it's just another key thing is like, hey, know that that's a possibility 
and you know you really have to see if it's worth it do you want to have that uh data there and if you don't cool but even me knowing all this information i would still say it's a plus because it's making my direct life better every day and making me healthier which is going to like make me live longer right long term and even if it's not going to make me healthier it's going to make me at least have some sense of what my health is right you know what i mean well and, that's the biggest thing is getting it out of the abstract and bringing it into the concrete and just starting is the hardest part right and like you can't start if you don't know right and so like if part of that is helping me know then i'm all for it because at the end of the day like you said knowing what i know about the risk if i don't want to take the risk then it's like yeah. go off the grid or don't have a phone like you know what i mean yeah. it's like you're gonna have to make a decision and like the world we live in right now it's like connected so right. like you disconnect yourself and you get lost yeah <laughs> and you know as lost as i am already right <laughs> i'm not trying to stray any further yeah i feel that because you know it's just i bring i bring up those those uh kind of behind the scenes facts because i want people to have this full picture of what they're getting into especially like think of your your mother or your grandmother getting an apple watch or, an, or a facebook and they you know they don't know all about the nefarious things that happens and it's this is just another way to remind everybody keep these things in your brain for your equation when you're thinking of if this device is you know good for you right because ultimately you the goal is to possess this device for a long time right you're not getting this with the intention of getting a new one immediately right and also you have to come to terms with the conclusion that there's always going to be something newer so if you go into this with the pos or with the mentality of oh I'll wait until the next one. Well, you're just never going to get the next one because yeah. you'll always be waiting for right. the next one. Um, and so one thing I wanted to touch about on the Series 5 mm -hmm. that I was also very disappointed about is the fact that they didn't add sleep tracking. Right. Like Which we're paying the most money to outside apps to do. That Literally, this watch does everything else natively that I can think of that I would want other than sleep tracking. And I don't understand it just because I know there's technologies there. Like and they you, have the data, so it's like... Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. And the thing is, if you have the technology to determine whether or not I fell, I'm, a sh I'm almost... I'm pretty sure you have the technology to, like, track my sleep. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you have my heart rate. Like, you have my movements. Like, you know what I mean? You have everything that, to my knowledge, you would need. If other apps can do it, they have everything that they need. Yeah, because maybe that's, like, their... Like, and, I mean, we, we see this with... Uh, the business that we're in right now in technology in general is sometimes when a company comes up and they're focused on one sole thing, they can be like an auto sleep. What we've been talking about, they only function on sleep, right? This, this health. So their whole, all their resources, the company around that. Whereas like Apple, this is just like one of 20, 30 right. things they do, which I get it. Like, you know, you got other things right. to do, other things to take care of. It, it, it just seems like to me on a list of that was a big one. Like yeah, it just seems like to me like on a list of twenty things to do, you did nineteen of them. Yeah, and like, you know not the I, most important one. You know what I mean? Like you did everything, but which again is fine. Like for instance, one of the things that again I would have I'm still trying to I guess grasp in a way. It they said they added a compass feature to mm -hmm. the Apple Watch since the Apple Watch never had one. I guess a didn't know it didn't have one <laughs> b why did it not have one like why yeah. was that not on the first apple watch and then c i'm under the impression that the phone needs the connection yeah. to use the compass right. anyway yeah which because how are you calculating because like, are you are, doing it natively or are you doing it via the iphone and that's then what i'm saying porting it over because i'm like how are you 
like a compass seems like a very like hardware thing. Yeah. So I'm like, unless you have a connection to the iPhone, like you said, or you possess a cellular model. Yeah. I I just don't. Again, I don't see how you would have a compass, and then I don't see how we all wouldn't have a compass right. at that point. Yeah. But at least we see that they're they they learn from some of those mistakes and are making it better. So that's always a good to see that trend at least. Which yeah. Maybe they don't get it right the first time, but at least Apple in general realizes when they're wrong a lot of times and will right adapt. at least try to rectify yeah. so that i think is a perfect transition into this last segment of the show if you want to call it that a segment but let's talk about you know apple has a, such a rich history and about creating being different and the whole reason why apple became apple is because you had a i don't I want to say a legend but a legend like steve jobs that just thought differently so let's take it out on the long term where do we see you know, knowing what we know about Apple now in the re- uh, recent keynote, where is Apple going to be in 10 years? Where are they going to be as a company and how integrated to our lives are they going to be? Because they're not going anywhere. And if we think they're important now, just wait. I completely agree. Um, and to give you an overlook, the best way I can explain it, it's kind of like on like a timeline, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you think about the first iPhone, the 2G, yeah. right? You scale it all the way up now to the 11, right? So now it's kind of... My main issue with the 11 was that it was based off the XR. Right. That was my only issue. Because the colors, I think, are... Like, they're awesome. They come in, like, six different colors. Purple, white, yellow, green, black, and product red. Like, that's pretty cool. Because I really like the lavender one. That lavender one was smooth. silky. And I was so close to getting it if the screen wasn't, quote-unquote, a downgrade from my iPhone X. Right. And so, and I've never owned a larger size phone. And so that's why I went with the 11 Pro Max. Um, Same gigabyte as my iPhone X. Again, the camera wasn't really what deciphered me to choose it. It was just kind of what came with the phone. I wanted a bigger phone. It it just so happened to have two cameras. It is what it is. Um, So you got to think. The iPhone used to be based off of one home button. Right. Ditch that. Now we're at the notch. They were the first to pioneer the notch. Now everyone copied the notch. And now everyone's getting rid of the notch. What's crazy is, so, going into the leaks that I have. Yeah, that's a perfect way to, I think, for, going to it. It's, it's very hard to decipher because for right now, it's crazy that there are leaks already for the 2020 yeah, iPhone. Yeah, it's like, who has this information? Who's the whistleblowers that are just... Seriously, so there, there's some channels that I watch on um, YouTube, Zone, Zone of Tech, and then um, Everything Apple Pro. They're, Zone of Tech, I would say, is a little more unbiased in a sense of he reviews pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, everything Apple Pro, obviously, is in the name Everything Apple right. Pro. So, like, he is obviously on it when it comes to <laughs> Apple products. And so they both had similar um leaks so not that i'm saying that these are true but they're consistent and it's crazy because allegedly so right now the current size iphones that we have are the 11 which are 6.1 um inches across and then the 11 pro which is 5.8 inches across and then the 11 pro max which is 6.5 inches across um all three different sizes respectively the 6.1 11 is lcd the other two are oled cool right next year is supposed to be a complete rehaul um that would be nice it would be it's just so what i've heard i'm just trying to figure out how nice and where we're going right because 
it's 2020. It's going to be 2020, and you got to think companies are going to start changing their trajectory. We're in a new decade. Right. We see where the product's going to go. Whole new advertising. Right. Whole new us. Whole new you. It's going to be great, right? <laughs> it's crazy. So, allegedly, the new side is respectively. They're keeping a 6.1, and that's supposed to move from an LCD to a OLED panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and Keep in mind, all these could end up being micro LED, which is supposed to be superior to OLED. We'll see though, right? We'll see though. You know, there, it's always supposed to be something. There were supposed to be things on this iPhone that we didn't see, like right. reverse charging, things like that. That was cool. You know what I mean? But again, sweet nothings are all we hear about. Right. Um, so back to the phone side is the they're keeping a 6.1, and that's supposed to be moving from LCD to OLED. And then they're making a 5.4 instead of a 5.8 mm-hmm. so a smaller flagship which i i don't know i i wouldn't get it but some people like the smaller phone so that might be the market they're trying to hit since the iphone se mm-hmm. did numbers for them i know it was a great phone you know durable too so that might be like their their crowd they're trying to go for um personally like i don't know once you go bigger it's hard to go back down so again like i said we'll see what they're trying to do um, and also keep in mind the 5.4 and the 6.1 are supposed to still possess a notch um, on the front of it, which people aren't so happy about. But then there's the 6.7 inch that's supposed to replace the 6.5 inch. That would be a big step up. That's a huge step up because not only is that supposed to be bigger than the biggest phone they already have, it's supposed to be a bezel-less display, no notch. Oh, so it's going to be... Heard-y. Yeah, so it's literally modeled after the current um, iPad out right now. So they're supposed to be moving all the technology, like the front-facing camera, the dot projector, um, the infrared camera, all that, and the speaker in the front grill, proximity, proximity sensor, and ambient light sensor are supposed to be moved up towards the edge of the phone. Nice. So worry about that is that's going to be very expensive, I can barely handle a 6.5 inch as it is as far as like screen size. So like, I don't know how that's going to go as far as like 6.7 day to day. And then on top of that, I'm not sure how you're going to be able to purchase like a case for that. Right. Since it's so thin, like, you know, there's a lot of questions and then it goes back to what you were saying earlier or like kind of get them while you can. Right. because you don't know what the... This is already... Yeah. Like, like the phone I have right now is already expensive. I do not know or even want to think about how... Where it's going. Where it's going. Because yeah. like you said, they're only going up from here. Where it's like... I'll, I'll it's a it. wonder that the 11 was cheaper. Yeah, I'll have it as a sports analogy. It's like right now, Dak Prescott, like he could take $30 million, but he's he's not going to sign anything right now because he knows at the end of the year or next year, when the next quarterback gets the contract, in the NFL, the contracts just keep getting bigger and bigger. So by waiting that time... He's getting the bigger, you know, the bigger contract. But in this case, it's a similar, similar, but with the phone, the price is getting higher and higher. So it's like, okay, do you want to get it now while it's a little cheaper? But that's up to you, guy. I can all have any opinions. That's a personal, you know, right. preference. Because either way, you're gonna be spending the money. Yeah. So it's just like, when do you want to do it, and a point in time, and how much do you have at that? point in time you know and plus you gotta think about inflation right if it costs a lot now it's gonna cost what and, and not there, double and but... if there's like a recession and money gets a little tight and the phones still are the same price if not more expensive it's a whole different ball game you, you know, know what i mean so just take that into account whenever uh you're getting a new or looking at the new products guys uh i think we're about to wrap this up it, we've been doing this for about an hour shamar why don't you give us one last uh i don't want to i don't want to say piece of advice but like one last um, lasting memory from the Apple keynote and something inspiring for the future of Apple. 
Um, <laughs> mainly, they're, they're going to finesse you either way. <laughs> like, I guess let's just get that out there. Right, their business. So at least choose how they finesse you. You know what I mean? Don't just buy it because it sounds cool. Right. You know, and I know Do your sounds, research. Yeah, I know that sounds cliche here, me telling you I got the 11 Pro Max. But, but hey, you did your extensive research. I did my extensive research, and the things I got it for, it does very well, and I'm happy with it. Yeah. So, like, you know what I mean? And like I said, it's an expensive phone, but it's not like anybody's paying that up front all at once. Right. So, very few people would do it that way, I would say. Yeah. I would say, if anything, if you really wanted to jump into an Apple product, I would say buy that iPad first and give it a try. Yeah. Well, guys... I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Shamar, why don't you take us out? Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Peace. Y'all have a good one. Come listen to us next time, and y'all can catch Shamar probably in the next two months when he comes back on the podcast. Peace.